What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we are back to talk about the UFC card going down from the UFC Apex this Saturday, September 23rd, 2023. We got 11 fights headlined by a lightweight banger between Rafael Fiziev taking on Mateusz Gamrot. Really excited to talk about some of these fights. Pretty good fight night card, so I'm looking forward to this one. Joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? What's up, boys? Uh, you know, plowing through September, right? We're halfway in. Awesome card last week. I was very entertained by my fellow Latinos. Um, some controversy to end the night. Personally, like I said, I don't like, you know, everyone's focusing on the judge thing. Yeah. Great, you know, wild scorecard doesn't make any sense at 10-8. You know, I think that's you know all that needs to be said. But personally, I scored the fight for Alexa Grasso. Alexa won, but it was close enough, I felt, for it to be a draw. So, like, it being a draw, I guess, is better than Alexa winning because people are so tripped out over how we got there. But I honestly thought Alexa Russell won. As we were watching it, and the live number did signal that. I think someone mentioned that when uh, when Shevchenko gave up her back, it went from her being, like, I don't know, minus, like, 250 or something like that to being, like, a big underdog. So, I thought Alexa won. I, I, I Did you – how did you score the fight? You scored it? I, I don't. I didn't really care enough to. That's to score well. How do you score the fight, bro? Come on, you definitely were scoring. The no, fight. I, I, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Honestly, I watched the first three rounds and I turned it off. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Give you a I main event on free TV, and you and you. I was. I was fight, out. That, you watched that back and forth. For, okay, okay, you were not. I was out. I was driving home. I like got home right at the end of the third round. You had a lot of was, opinions, bro. You're yo. That was so. Well, well, man. my 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 stance on the fight is each had two clear rounds, right? You didn't even watch the, the fifth round, and you were pe- lecturing pe- me. No, about, no, I, 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 I went back and I, I watched that part because um. Wait, who won the fucking fight then? I but you here's the, the thing. Let me, let me tell you. Let me see. Yeah, the fourth round I never watched. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first, second, third, and fifth. I swear to God. Um, no but sense. the thing is, is both women had two clear rounds, and then there was and then, one and round, then, and, then, and then and then there was one round where everyone's debating which who won it, and you didn't watch it. No, I didn't. So why I don't we care. even asking you? Why are we even? Uh, you know what, I, Martian? No one cares about what you have to say about this. I I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know that. So let's move on. You, let's move you, on. You don't even the, know. You don't even no, know who fucking won the fight. Who should have won the fight? You're you're worse than Mike Bell. You're worse than Mike Bell. Maybe that's what Mike Bell did. Mike Bell didn't watch the fifth round and he turned around and asked somebody who won. And they said Alexa. And he was like, fuck it. The way that I make Alexa or like how I make it closer is uh, making a 10 8. So you and him are the same. You're the the same kind of horrible person. So yeah, let's move on to this. I think uh, I just think planning your flag on whoever won because people, sure. some people are saying round four for Grasso, some are saying Shevchenko. It was clearly like a, a, a toss up <laughs> round. Anybody who was like, oh, so and so certainly won. Clearly, she they didn't fucking certainly win because it's highly debated. So Alexa Grasso uh, won, dude. Honestly, I guess we're, honestly, I guess she won. She pride rules. She won. I guess we're gonna watch it again. So. I'll worry Check about rewatching. Now, I'll, I'll worry about watching the fourth round in, uh, several months from now when they they rebook that fight. I'm looking forward to it because I'm interested to see what the odds will be. If it'll be a little bit bigger, a little. Probably I think them. it might be bigger. No, I think I think there's some people like uh like who got oh, this girl won 40 minutes out of 48 or whatever <laughs> the fuck. But right, right. You know, that like good, that matters. That was, good tweet. that was a good tweet. I, w- I wonder how what his profit loss on the fights were definitely a loss definitely a loss i mean my, um, my man has lost on every j bro this guy gugabe told me that jdm will be evens versus uh fletcher bro come on 
Yeah. Let's, let's get into this fight card, though. So, so yeah, we got some fights this week, right? We got 11 fights. Mm-hmm. We're going from the top, like we've been doing for lately. We're going to continue with that trend. We're going from the top. That means we're starting it off with a main event, a banger of a lightweight fight. Rafael Fiziev taking on Mateusz Gamrat. Odds for this one, Fiziev favored, minus 150. Gamrat plus 130. So, I got Gamrat here. I think that the fight is going to go the full five rounds. And I think I got to trust the uh, the guy, the better gas tank. And that's Mateusz Gamrat. You know, I definitely think that the, the of Fiziev is going to give Gamrat some trouble. He's the much better striker, the much more damaging striker. And in his one five-round fight, the RDA fight, he had great cardio. He stuffed a ton of takedowns. He won the first three rounds clearly, had a little trouble in the fourth round, lost that round, but got right back to work and knocked RDA out in the fifth round. His cardio looked great there. But then we saw him fight Justin Gaethje, and then he gassed out after the second round there. You know, third round, he was totally flat in that fight. So, you know, you got to wonder what his cardio is like. I, I expect it to be back to five-round condition here. but. I just think that the nonstop takedown attempts of Mateusz Gamrot will eventually wear on, on Fiziev because I think that's just like a certainty here, guys. If Gamrot is not asleep, he is going to be shooting 25, 30, 40 takedowns, however many takedowns it needs to get the job done. He is going to shoot that amount of takedowns. And I just think that the small cage favors Gamrot a lot here and the championship rounds favor Gamrot a lot here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Fiziev start start fast, stuff the takedowns early, win the first round or two, but beyond the second round, I think the third, fourth and fifth round really favor Mateusz Gamrot here. So, before the fight, I I'm taking a small position on Gamrot and then I'm going to have the the finger on the live betting trigger just waiting to add on Gamrot here, waiting to see when Fiziev starts slowing down because I do think it is inevitable that the takedown defense will eventually start to wane here and Gamrot's pace is going to start to wear on Fiziev and Gamrot will take over. So, I'll go Gamrot 48-47 decision. It's not like a, the lock of the century. I am confident in Gamrot, but I mean, I still think the fight will play out close and it will be uh, a three round to two decision here for Gamrot. So can't wait for this one. Amazing matchup. Great fight. Ozzy, let's hear it. Pretty cool. So, you know, I've been a, a, a fan, uh, especially of uh, Gamrot's. Uh, I think in the last six fights that I bet of his, I'm six and oh, that's including uh, flipping from, you know, backing Gamrot to being on uh, on Benil. And then going back, you know, supporting Gamrat in his next fight against Armin. So I had a pretty good read on uh, on him overall. And I just think the guy is is really, really talented, very experienced, and very well-rounded. You know, so the guy comes from KSW. He was a double-weight world champion there, so 145 and 155. Uh, so he's got great cardio because he, he, he did go five rounds uh, multiple times in that promotion. ADCC uh, competitor in the past. His ground game's on point. And like you said, he comes from like a, a, a awesome wrestling background. I don't know specifically, but his wrestling is fantastic. Some of the best in MMA. Um, and I think it goes underrated that the guy really is an elite athlete with an elite gas tank. Um, and I mean, I, I think if he wasn't doing this, he would be like one of those, you know, uh, crazy white dudes you see that do Ironmans and freaking marathons and all that stupid shit, you know, riding bikes, you know, all that stuff, you know, beating Conor McGregor at any, literally anything. I think uh, Gamrot, except for drinking, he doesn't look like a drinker. So, 
Uh, so I like him in this fight. You know, the guy can fight from both stances as well um, and has setups or takedowns uh, both ways. Uh, I think he needs to look out for, like, those knees of Fizia, some of the angles of the kicks that he throws, obviously. But Gamera, he, he uses his feints pretty well. And then when he gets on the takedown, man, he's like a dog on a bone. Honestly, he's better than than uh, Rafael uh, Dos Anjos ever was in terms of finishing leg attacks. Um, you know, uh, uh, RDA, you saw even in the fight against, like, Barbarena and stuff like that, he needed to really get body locks and, you know, stuff like that to drag him down, or even Vincente Luque. And let me tell you, you know, Gamera, even being a smaller guy than Vincente Luque, he would, I don't think he would really have a lot of trouble taking him down at this stage of his career. Um, so I think that's just, like, a nice analog just to see how... Uh, RDA's wrestling has progressed, so I just think that this guy's got a great gas tank. He's going to keep keep going for it on the feet. He'll probably be able to mind his P's and Q's. He uses his kicks, you know, as he needs them. Uh, and and I like that he could offer a, a, a few different looks to uh, to, to Fiziev. So so I got Gamera here for a few units here. You know, I started in at plus 135. Uh, I got some 130, but I think anything over like 110, 115, I think is pretty good as like a, a solid wager. You know, anything other than that, you're kind of like sucking out a lot of the value on it. But uh, so I would I would try to get it now. You know, I could see the line going either way, but I can't I don't see that uh, like a plus 130 taking on Gamera being a bad bet. So let's go Gamera. Let's go for seven and oh. Yeah, I don't know where this line is going to go. I agree. Um, but another great fight in the co-main event. We got Bryce Mitchell taking on Dan Ige. Odds to this one have Mitchell minus 200, Ige plus 170. A lot of action on Mitchell this week. He was minus 150 uh, at the, the start of the week, you know, Sunday. or the, Right when the fights ended last week, he was minus 150, steamed to minus 200. Who you got in this one? Yeah, it's a, a good co-main co -main event. I really like it. Uh, a lot, you know, you got two guys that are pretty experienced here overall, um, you know, in the UFC and, uh, you know, just uh, have been in here for, for a while now. And they've had been kind of close uh, to being matched up together. I know that actually uh, Bryce Mitchell has been matched up as well with Evloev. And I think that's how uh, Danige ended up stepping in there. Um, so, you know, the, the stylistically, obviously Bryce is a grappler at first. Um, he fights usually from the southpaw stance, but sometimes he switches to, to orthodox. He's really throwing kind of like a few jabs out there. His, his stand-up's not really that, um, developed. Uh, I think he looks to use his kicks, but he's trying to get body locks. He's trying to get to, to double legs and, you know, uh, uh, single legs and, uh, high crotches, stuff like that. You know, Matt wrestle as well. He's very good once he gets on top. Uh, he looks deceptively strong, I would say. Um, but he's able to keep top position. He's able to stack guys up, you know, have them, you know, their hips collapse and, you know, not give them a lot. He's very sticky as well. He uses a lot of the, the wrestling, um, you know, maneuvers and moves. Uh, but he's very sticky when he's like putting in his hooks and he's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, staying on top. Now, Danny Gay's impressed me because he has clearly shown he's got power in both hands. Uh, he's been using a lot more uh, footwork when he when he is uh, using a striking. So he he did that a lot uh, versus Nate Landwehr, you know, switch stances, you know, hitting from both sides. And he had Nate. Nate didn't know what, what was hitting him from where. So that was a really solid performance. Uh, and it was, you know, 15 minutes worth. So I think that's the main thing here. How long does Bryce Mitchell have to stay standing up versus Danny Gay? 
Um, I think it's going to probably be a, uh, uh, I think Dan Ige is going to have some success here. So I think he's going to be able to stop some takedowns here, potentially just with being able to use that newfound footwork. I think he's definitely developed as a fighter. Um, and this is a good test for him to, to, to show that and prove that. So I'm going to go with Dan Ige. I like him here on the money line. I actually thought the fight was going to be closer, going to, uh, tighten the, the fight line. So I got some like 140, 145, but then I also got some plus 180. So I definitely really, really like it as a bet overall and i just feel that he's going to be able even if bryce is taking him down i think he's going to be active you know getting up obviously bryce is very dangerous front headlock into the back and and such but uh i think this fight potentially could even go to split decision as well where you got a guy who danny gays and be looking to land the big punches and stuff like that looking to always hit bright or bryce and bryce is gonna be you know kind of crotch uh sniffing if you will looking to keep the takedown so i could see this fight and then in a split decision um but i'll take danny gay maybe danny gay by decision i think you get maybe a plus 500 um but all good angles and i do think this fight probably hits the scorecards but you know i think i would stay away from the total yeah i'm in agreement with just about everything there um the price going the distance minus 190 i, I don't like actually i just think that um if both these guys are having success in their realm, I think a finish is live for either one. I, you know, I could see Bryce get just getting, you know, nonstop top game and maybe get like an arm triangle on top. And if the fight is staying on the feet and Ige is out striking him, I could see a knockout happening as well. Um, I'm on Dan Ige here as well. Uh, 1.5 units at plus 185 for me right now. And, you know, what's just shocked to see where this line went. You know, I was liking EA uh, at plus 130 earlier in the week. And then just to see it to go up to plus 185, I thought was was crazy. You know, 35% for Dan Ige, just a really quality fighter. I mean, he was a big dog against Evloyev uh, and Evloyev looked really good there. Um, but then, you know, generally, I just think it's it's pretty hard to cover this type of price tag against Danny Gay here. And, you know, Bryce is obviously going to be looking to get the fight to the floor. But I'm just not overly impressed with with Bryce's um, ability to get the fights to the floor. Not necessarily his wrestling, but just like his striking to set that up. You know, he was able to to blindly blitz guys like like Feely and uh, Edson Barbosa even snuck in a nice left hand that hurt Barbosa there. I just don't think he's going to be able to get away with that same reckless type of pressure against Dan Ige. Ige has, you know, a really solid base. You know, his feet are always underneath him, and he's just a, a really hard puncher, good counter puncher. And I think that if Mitchell's doing that same reckless aggression that he does in some of his fights, I think he's going to get countered hard on the way in here. And, you know, I do I do have some concern about Ige being taken down. We did see him get taken down by uh, Ivloyev and Korean Zombie. And generally, some of the guys who have beat him uh, have been guys who've been able to take him down. But I think that Mitchell's takedowns are going to start to deplete pretty quickly here once he starts getting punched in the face. And that's, I think, a thing I think people are underrating here is that if Bryce doesn't get this fight to the floor in the first round, I think the Ige is going to be building and it's going to be really difficult for Mitchell to get those takedowns after that point because i just think that the ige's punches you know they're really impactful we saw him uh put damon jackson out stiff we saw him hurt nate landware multiple times this guy just has really precise punches and i think that they're going to be landed on on mitchell here and it's going to really disrupt mitchell's uh rhythm and he's not going to be able to get those takedowns going if they get stuffed early on here so i think that mitchell is going to need takedowns in the first round here or else he's going to be drawn pretty thin in those second and third rounds and wouldn't even be totally shocked to see Ige knock him out in the second or third round here. So I really like Danny Gay here. This is a great matchup. 
Um, and I can't can't wait for this one as well. So, you know, got back-to-back underdogs, and that's going to be a theme of this card. We got more underdogs coming. Uh, a fight that is in the women's strawweight division next. Marina Rodriguez taking on Michelle Walterson. A rematch here. Odds for this one have uh, Rodriguez minus 300, Walterson plus 250. This first time they fought was short notice. It was at 125. Rodriguez won that fight. But both these women are old, man. You know, Rodriguez is 36 years old. You know, it doesn't seem that way because she came to the UFC really late, only about, what, 2018 it was. So it doesn't seem like she's that old. But, man, uh, this woman is old. And I think she's looking old in her fights lately, man. I mean, Lemos, I never expected Lemos to beat her. She knocked her out. Jane Rodobo wiped the floor with her, just got, you know, nonstop easy takedowns in that fight. And Rodriguez is a straight-up bad grappler, man. I mean, her takedown defense, her get-ups, everything about her grappling is bad. So a, a woman's fighter with bad grappling at minus 300 is an immediate no-go. And it's not like Watterson is a total bum as well. I mean, you know, she's old. She's much more experienced, much more experienced, probably has more miles on her personally. But I really think that if Watterson can get on top here, you know, that's going to be a, a round winning ability for her here. So I wouldn't be totally shocked to see Watterson, you know, end up on top here from a caught kick or some sort of trip takedown. Watterson always has those good takedowns where she gets the clinch, gets like a little body lock outside trip. Wouldn't be shocked to see that, uh, you know, have success here, man. So I got to go dog or pass here. I won't be personally wagering on this fight at all, but I definitely think it is Watterson or pass. Probably Watterson uh, decision or pass. I mean, the, the GTD is favored heavily at minus 300. That's probably value too, man. This fight should go to the distance like 90% of the time, honestly. So uh, it should be... Uh, a, a pretty boring fight. Not looking forward to this one. Don't know why they're booking the rematch, but uh, that's about enough about that one. Any thoughts for you here? Uh, yeah, I mean, for all t- traditionally, my angle on these kind of fights is I don't like having the girl with inferior grappling in a women's MMA fight. Here, that obviously would be um, Marina Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez got knocked the fuck out two two fights ago. You know, had a, a very close call with Jan Jaunan, almost got, you know, lost because of her ground game against Mackenzie Dern, got right. So, like, it's kind of like, you know who Marina is. So, Marina got put on bottom once or twice, I think, in the first fight. You know, I would definitely say Dogger Pass as well. Um, You know, I can't, Yeah, I thought about, I honestly did think about laying the juice, but you just don't want because it's it'll be a slow avalanche as well with with marina because you'll be like let's say she gets taken down one of the first two rounds you're in the third round you're like marina all you need to do is don't get taken down this round and then what happens she gets taken down and you just feel like such an idiot so i would say uh water saint gomez or pass and i don't know if the 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 number needs to get bigger though i feel like all for all the enthusiasm that i'm seeing on the uh, Marina side, the line's not moving, so I need the line to move more. I would bet. I'm down to bet Waterson if I if we get to like 300. I need. I want like 300. Would you do it at 300, Martian? Yeah, sure. I'll take a nibble. All right, nice. And so it's also kind of widely agreed that Waterson got um I wouldn't say robbed, but that she got on the wrong end of that Pinheiro decision in her last fight. I mean, I don't think she's she hasn't looked that bad lately. I think you know who's looked older. I actually think it's Marina. <laughs> Yeah, so, now, now you're just a judge of women's ages, aren't nice? 
Yeah, down to objectify them. Um, <laughs> we're staying. We're staying on the uh, the main card. We're going up to the men's welterweight division. Brian Battle, AJ Fletcher. Brian Battle favored minus one ninety. AJ Fletcher coming back plus one sixty five. Your turn to start this one off. Let's hear it. So AJ's got had a break since the uh, Angelusa fight. The Angelusa fight was at altitude. I think he went in for like a finish there a little bit, and you know got his you know kind of got tired. Um, but his bottom game, obviously, I think is is a liability. So potentially battle if they do end up grappling, you know, maybe battle getting on top. Um, I was initially thinking battle was the right side here potentially for a bet. I think I'll still pick him. Overall, like battle, I think maybe at one seventy just might be a little bit weaker than I thought. Like the sturdiness that he brought, I think to one eighty five. Uh, where he was able to defend takedowns from like Petrovsky and I forget who was the other dude that he beat up. Who's the other guy? Do you remember who was the other guy he beat up on the show? Latchnov, Latchnov, or yeah, something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that fight didn't matter as much. But then, like what he did against Urbina, right at one eighty-five as well, right? He withstood wh- whatever he was doing and then finished him. I think maybe that's a little diminished at one seventy, just because he's not as quick in the transitions as the guys. Obviously, AJ's got little short, stubby arms. He's a little little white meat head. He's like a little white meatball, five nine. He's probably tough to kind of decisively beat. I think in the grappling, unless you unless he's really tired and that could be an avenue here because maybe brian has kept the cardio but i did hear that aj is training at altitude now at fight or fight factory x maybe you know he saw you know th- that'd be an issue with him at altitude so he's like fuck it let me just train there you know i'll come out looking like goku so i actually think fletcher you know probably the uh the bed getting bed down is right but I also feel that this fight might go. Uh, it's probably going to go the distance because Battle's a tough dude. I don't think that Fletcher's going to submit him, but I could see some control time for either one, but neither being able to finish each other. So I'm considering the over or the uh, goes the distance here, plus uh, 130, 125 in that area. Pick Brian Battle to win. That that's a good angle. I would add some, you know, starts around three as well because I think that. Probably the most likely finish here is either going to be an AJ round one finish or a battle round three finish. Uh, and AJ, I just think this guy is pretty hard to shut out. I mean, he's lost two fights to Samuelsberger and Lusa. Samuelsberger, he almost 10 aided him in round one. I mean, he ha- took him down and mounted him for almost four minutes in that round. Almost knocked out Lusa unconscious in the second round. You know, was losing that fight up to that point, but had his big moment and was, you know, just a few seconds away from from getting a knockout there so it's like even the fights that he's lost he's had you know big moments where he he's won around so personally if i were looking to lay minus 190 i wouldn't want to be laying that on a guy who i think is going to win 29 28 i think i would be looking for a a more decisive win than just a two rounds to one for minus 190 so i think it is fletcher a pass here and i think pre-fight I think Fletcher's actually not a bad dog here. It's not one I'm fully endorsing like some of the other ones in this card, but I think Fletcher's going to win round one, man. I think this guy comes out like a bat out of hell most of the time. He's got the, got those really short arms, and you know I, I don't know what the reach is here, but it's got to be like maybe eight inches advantage for uh, Brian Battle here. 
if I had to guess. And we saw Bra Battle just kind of brawl in that last fight. Remember versus Gabe Green? It was, it was only 15 seconds, so it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, those guys came out just exchanging, and then he obviously caught Green, put him out. But I think that Battle can kind of, you know, enjoy uh, swinging like that. So I think if they're they're engaging in some swinging on the feet, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fletcher, you know, touch the chin and maybe sit Battle down. And then I also just think Fletcher will be able to take Battle down here. The thing the takedowns will come fairly easy to him. It's just a matter of can he keep that up because Fletcher's gas tank is not the best. I think when he grapples, especially that depletes his gas tank. Um, but you know, like you said, he's training at elevation. I mean, I think the guy's only like 26 or 27, right? I mean, oh, it's a by the way, guys, 10 inch reach advantage for Brian Battle here. Uh, and Fletcher is young, yeah, 97, so he's he's only 26. You know, we could see that gas tank continue to improve. Um, so I think Fletcher with the right game plan here, I think with the wrestling heavy game plan, I think he does look very live as this dog here. So I would maybe uh, advise a small bet on Fletcher. And I think you'll definitely be able to trade out live if you don't like how it's looking. If Fletcher looks like he's slowing down, I think he'll have one, round one banked and it'll be maybe pick him after round one. So. Yeah, man, I mean, just with how bad I mean, obviously, uh, Fakradinov is a great fighter, but uh with how bad battle looked against a wrestler there and Fletcher going for takedowns pretty often here, I wouldn't want no parts of juice on battle here. Uh, but like Ozzy said, that's, you know, fight going long, I think is decent because uh, I see, I see them struggling to finish one another here. So they have the, um, the most favored result. So if you look at the prop is battle submission, I just really don't, I think it's going to be tough to submit AJ Fletcher. So mm -hmm. I think they're thinking that maybe battle can lock up one of those little ch the chokes, like guillotines. But I think that's going to be super tough to do, man. It's, it's hard to get a... Um, AJ Fletcher isn't kind of like uh, your boy Petrovsky. Petrovsky kind of folded up, you know, when, mm -hmm. when he got caught in that choke. Like, this dude Fletcher is a little, you know... Spark plug. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think fading both these guys, early finish. I think this fight goes later, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, what is, I wonder what Fletcher knockout round one is if they have a line on that. And Fletcher it's, round one is, is is plus six hundred, but I see Fletcher decision as well. That could be. I kind of like that angle, do Fletcher because Fletcher decision you get five fifty as opposed to his money line. So I think I might. I'm gonna have decision and the uh, Fletcher decision mm, as, as nice. like a long, a long, long shot. Um. Last fight on the main card, next in the featherweight division, Charles Jordan taking on Hikardo Hamos. Odds for this one have Jordan minus 135, Hamos plus 115. Another underdog I feel pretty good about here in Hamos. Uh, pretty simple, man. Jordan gets taken down and he gives up his back. And Ramos gets takedowns and he takes backs. You know, a lot of his fights, he's looking to get, uh, push you up against the cage, maybe get a little, uh, you know, uh, clinch trip takedown and then take the back he's done it time and time again you know on the feet you got definitely got to think that the, this fight favors jordan there he is the much slicker striker of the two but i mean i think ramos pretty consistently goes to the grappling in his fights and i think i'm going to trust him to do so here man i mean pretty simple um and analysis for me going on here you know jordan when he fought burgos uh you know that was the last time burgos looked good and he got taken down. He got his back taken several times there. The fight against Nathaniel Woods. Somebody made it a, a, a video about it on Twitter, but they like compiled all the takedowns that would hit on Jordan. Guys, we're talking basic trip takedowns and like little 
I mean, stuff that you should not be getting taken down with in the UFC. And they were just extremely basic takedowns. And Wood was getting them down time and time again. So I just think that Jordan's takedown defense and his tendency to give up his back is far, far too likely here to be laying any juice on him. So I like Hamos uh, 1.25 units for me at the plus 122 price, I think, on FanDuel. Any plus money, I think, is good on Hamos. Uh, I don't I don't think he'll sub. I think he kind of just looks to hold the back and, you know, keep it there. And the, the line for sub isn't even that great at, at only plus 500. So I'm sticking with just Ramos' money line here, and I think he will take some backs and uh, win a decision here. At great pick. Don Martian, excellent pick. Okay, so you you called it very well. I like I like the the simple breakdown there. Honestly, I just think the, the odds should be flipped. We should, uh, Ramos. I make him just slight favor here, uh, or maybe like a, a minus one twenty five, something like that, minus one thirty favor here against uh, against uh, Jordan. You know, first of all, I think people honestly have put Ramos in a bucket of guys got bad cardio, things like that, where it's not really true. You know, none of his fights did he really gas out. Obviously, he had that tough fight against uh uh Tuhu, or not Tuhugov, um yeah, Tuhugov, he lost that decision, right? But it was just a close fight, close decision. One round three you there. Know, yeah, one one round three there. Um Tuhugov obviously was pushing the, 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 the grappling, right? The takedowns. I think that was his first or one of his first few fights. Or no, he had been on 145 for a while. But regardless, I like this guy when he was um back five years, five, six years ago when he was fighting Kong. Tanaka when he almost decapitated poor Eamon Zahabi. So he was looking amazing back then as a prospect. And I think he just had some different matchmaking. He could be have could have been pushed, I feel, higher up uh, as well. So I just think a lot of the things that he poses, he's like the what Kron Gracie should fight like, right? He should have like a more developed, you know, uh, stand-up game, gets to the back, you know, off of takedowns, has spinning attacks as well, you know, because he could throw these when he, because he's not that uh, worried about gets, getting taken down. But the fact is the guy's, uh, you know, has a lot of fight experience, throws pretty nice kicks, and it's just dangerous overall. He will be always live to finish Charles Jordan, I feel. Jordan has shown um, some stability also getting hurt. You know, I feel when you when you uh, hit him with big shots. And I just think that with him beating Kron in the fashion that he did, people feel that, oh, you know, uh, he's, I don't know, found a way to be able to stop grappling. Honestly, in, in the terms of UFC uh, fights, it looked like Kron was a UFC, like MMA novice, right? It looked like whatever improvements he was making at some point just kind of stopped. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to just take this MMA fight. And he really kind of deteriorated. But the fact is, if he d take away that, that win, right, he'd still be one and five in decisions. So he's two, two and five in decisions, but that's because he beat Kron Gracie. Um, and, uh, and, and then his power has just not really carried up at, at 145. He has fought some decent guys at 145. And he, he did uh, hurt Julian Rosa, but he even got taken down by Marcelo Rojo. Um, and I just think that uh, Ramos is going to be able to take him down. So I feel that people think that Ramos could get swarmed on by Jordan. I don't think that's going to be easy. The guy can jab, he throws good low kicks, and he keeps like a wide kind of karate stance almost. So I don't think it's going to be easy for Jordan to just get in his face and start bombing his body, punch him in the face. So let's go. You know, I, I got like a unit in on him early and, and at 120 as well. So I'm in on uh, definitely Ricardo Ramos, one of my favorite uh, underdogs this week. Nice. Yeah, he's been taken down, I think, 21 times in the UFC. Uh, I mean, just a 
gives up a lot of easy takedowns. And then once he gets taken down, just not good instincts, always giving up his back. I think the, the Burgos fight is the, the most uh, readily recent example of that. So he just gives up these positions. Back. He's always in these positions. And these are positions that, you know, freaking Ricardo Ramos gets. So like a guy like Bill, Bill, who builds a real grappler, you know, he's been, he's been grappling a long time. Wrestled in high school and college and black, black bone jiu-jitsu. He was all over his back. Yep. And I don't think Bill wrestled in college for what it's worth. But anyway, um, but and, you know, one slight concern about Ramos, though, is he did miss weight six months ago, you know, nine pounds over. But he's taken six months. You know, it's been about a year and three months since his last fight. I think he's going to come back reinvigorated with that weight on point. And uh, I think he's going to get back on track here with the Brazilian wave. I'm calling it was Mexican wave, Brazilian wave coming. Small cage, too. You got to think that favors Ramos. Um, and then, all right, we're into the prelims now. First fight is in the Bantamweight division. Miles Johns taking down Dan Argetta. Odds for this one have Argetta minus 171. Miles Johns coming back plus 146. Your turn to start this one off in the first prelim fight. It conflicted on this one. I've been thinking about this one uh, a little bit during the week here. It's like a conflicting pick. Uh, the line has come in. I think some some money hit uh, Miles Johns. I do feel that that opener or whatever the price is hanging around where he was like minus like 220, 215. I think that was a little aggressive. Um, you know, Johns, I, I, wanna, I really want to fade him. And I faded him hard against Castaneda. That came in. I went against him against Morales. That didn't really, you know, do do justice there. But he didn't do shit in that fight. Didn't look good. I didn't. I, I felt. But I mean, the guy does have talent. He 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 keeps his his stance. He throws meat and potatoes. Kind of strikes out there. He'll jab. He'll throw a freaking calf kick. He'll throw a few right hands. You know, he's competent overall. He's like uh he he. I think he's not. You don't see the, a fighter like him in his division that often because he's a, he's also a negator. He's a negator. He looks to, to to stymie action. He looks to rest in certain positions. You know, and Dan, the thing with him, the, the reason I'm not gung-ho about backing Dan as a favorite is that his striking is not all that developed. He kind of just throws bombs out there. And if his wrestling, sometimes when he's taking these guys down, he's just kind of muscling them down. It's not like crazy technical, but he, he does put out a good pace out there and he's got a submission game. And Miles Johns does give up, can give up his back if you take him down. So I'm interested to see how I think I might stay out of it or just bet the fight to uh, potentially go to decision or Miles Johns by decision. I think you get a like a three to one on that because I just feel that it's going to be tough to finish Miles Johns. And if if Miles is able to wrestle with Dan and keep him off him a bit. I don't really I'm not in love with Dan's striking and he he's he's tough dude he got dropped a few times in LFA so he's tough he could go 5 but I think trying to get on the side of decision both these guys being equally matched is the best way to go about it potentially so I think that's probably the where I'll end up being but I would lean towards Maljans honestly I'm that I I I I, I, I flipped that pick I was the other way the whole week and I think I like Maljans now yeah, I'll pick um Dan in this one, but uh, I think Ozzy's on to something with the fight going the distance. I think the price, that's probably the best bet on the fight. I just think that the odds are, are off here in terms of the finish equity. I, I would guess it, I guess Dan's sub would be the most likely, but I don't think that that's super high. I mean, let's see what the odds have it at. I don't imagine like plus three something, 350. They have it at, yeah, 350, 400. I think that's a little high. Uh, I think it should probably be more like five or 600. 
and they have John's, you know, KO as his most likely. I don't think so, man. I I don't think that he's going to be finishing him here. I know he had a few KOs with uh, Dos Santos and Natividad. He found the kill shot there, but he's also had several fights where he just hasn't landed too many strikes. I mean, most recently, Vince Morales fight. Vince Morales, not a good fighter at all. And that was a, a close fight. I think some people actually scored that one for Vince. And, I thought Vince you know, won. I was yeah. on Vince, but I thought he won. And he, I mean, he landed 38 significant strikes to the, in that fight. Just, just not good numbers, you know, 28 strikes to the head. I just don't think his, his striking or volume is very good, but I think, uh, this fight's going to have a lot of grappling. And I just think that Dan is the more physical and better grappler of the two. I just think that his, his physicality is on a little bit different uh, of a level. And I think he just fights with a little bit more dog in him, as I like to say. So I think it will be probably a competitive decision. And, you know, a little concerned about Orgeta's cardio. I think that he's definitely could uh, be a front runner here. But I don't think John's cardio is particularly great either. Uh, has been finished a few times in the later rounds, mostly by strikers, which which Dan is not. Uh, but I see Dan getting off to an early lead here, winning the grappling positions early on. And the fight should go the distance. So if any bet I, I like the most here, it will be that that goes the distance. Um, but I, my pick is is Dan to win the fight. And that's going to bring us along to the welterweight division. Tim Means taking on Andre Fialo. Odds for this one have Fialo minus 161, Means plus 141. Big, big time Tim Means fan. And been betting on him several fights now. Been losing on him for several fights now. And, you know, this was a time I was thinking early in the week, you know, maybe it's time to hop off that train. Uh, Fialo's no good, but he does, you know, land an occasional big punch. And that seems like it's, you know, Tim Means is just collapsing. He can put together a few good minutes and then he collapses in the second or third round. But I, I, I'm having FOMO here and I, I had to take Tim Means too because, you know, if here's the thing is if, if Tim Means loses this fight, I think that will be his last fight. It'll be four losses in a row. I don't think he'll be getting another fight after that one. And there's just no way I can I can forgive myself if I if I didn't bet on Tim Means and he wins this one here. So um, you know, skill wise, Tim Means much better fighter, but he is extremely old. He's way, way past his prime, probably like eight years past his prime. And like I said, he's been collapsing late in fights lately, but hopefully he's able to to string together, you know, enough to win here uh, because skill wise, he's much better than Fialo. Fialo stinks, man. He's a, he's just a puncher. This guy doesn't throw kicks. He doesn't grapple. He's not a good defensive grappler. He doesn't really push a pace. He just lands an occasional big punch here and there. Uh, so I think Fialo stinks. And I'll be riding Tim Means one last time here for a, uh, a three-quarters of a unit money line bet. Yeah, yeah. Here's another one where we agree. So I also have Tim Means. I got him in at one, uh, 170. So early in the week, I decided, I'm like, man, I just got to fade Andre Fialo. Like, the guy's got knocked out bad in his last, I think, three fights. Um, even in the other fights that he's won, or even the other fights, he just, or the only fight he won the Cameron Van, whatever, Van Water fight. Um, I mean, he was getting kind of buzzed in that fight. Like, that fight kind of looked like it might have devolved into something else. But uh, Fialo And has... the Baeza fight. Both of those fights, yeah. he was getting tagged in the yeah, round. Exactly. This guy is flipping coins. So, you know, I do think that they're like, all right, like, here, let's try to knock out Tim Means. And the fact is, Tim Means does keep his hands up. You know, he has been getting buzzed a little bit. But he's only officially been knocked out two times. Okay? That's a fact. 
And, you know, obviously, Morono or uh, the Kevin Holland fight, he got club and subbed. And then the Dan- Daniel uh, Rodriguez one. But this guy, Fialo, I don't think really knows jiu-jitsu. He has, outside of round one, he's won two fights, guys. He's knocked out James Vick when James Vick was kind of shot. But he, he beat him up there in the second round, knocked his ass out. And then one other one, some kind of on the Brazil- Brazilian regionals, I think. He's never won a decision unanimously, okay? The, I think he's got one, like, majority decision and then, like, one split. So he's only has two decision wins. Um, so I think Tim Means, I mean, he needs some mindset P's, his P's and Q's. You know, Fialo doesn't really push the pace, like you said. He he throws out punches every one in a while. He's uh, once in a while. He's a very my turn, your turn kind of kind kind of guy. And uh, and yeah, like if the round is getting away from him, it's hard for him to pull it back significantly. So you know, Tim obviously needs to keep the jab out there. You know, Fialo does have a good right hand he throws out, but not much of a kicker sometimes, right? Sometimes he kicks, sometimes he doesn't. Ooh, excuse me. But uh, I think Tim should be safe overall from getting his, getting his legs chopped up too much. And then hopefully he could get in the clinch a little bit, throw some dirty uppercuts, dirty the fight up. But I think he could not get a knockout here potentially. So, you know, at plus 170, I was like, hell yeah, I'll ride Tim Means one more time. I haven't been on the other, like, betting against or betting on him. Like some others have, so I'm like, fuck it, hell yeah, I'm riding, I'm riding with that good price. So, uh, so hopefully, let's get this win for Tim. Let's do it. Uh, amazing fight next in the premier division in the UFC. Jacob Malkoon taking on Cody Brundage. Odds for this one: Malkoon minus six hundred, Cody Brundage plus four twenty-five. The market finally catching on to Cody Brundage being a bum here. Uh, your turn to start this one off. I know you're dying to talk about this one. Let's hear it. Yeah, this is one fight that I didn't really do too much thinking on. You know, obviously, Malkoon's a very boring fighter, right? He does stuff well, but it's very not interesting. And then Cody Brundage is, I don't know, he's like a mental midget. I think he's probably really skilled in the gym. Like, he probably gives a lot of guys, uh, uh, you know, difficulty in rounds. But uh, and a proverbial underperformer. Um, so I was even, I was looking, I was like, oh, like, wh- which way could he bet the fight? Could he bet the fight, this fight? Um, and I, I saw like plus 200 on the under or something like that. So I looked at that for a little bit, but that's not like, that's just like, I, I don't really have a strong take. So I don't know who's in the win. Honestly, I would probably pick, uh, Malcoon for sure. He's like, what, four to one here minus 400 six, or something like one. that. Oh, six to one. Holy shit. So yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think so, but yeah, I don't know. What do you, how, how do you have it? Um, I'll, uh. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to invest on some sort of like Malcoon finish prop here because Cody Brundage collapses at just an alarming rate. I mean, he can have uh, a good round one some of the times, but I mean, has this guy ever looked good? No, I, you know, he looked good against um, he won round three against uh, Nick Maximov in, in his first UFC fight. But I mean, recently, man, I mean, this guy has been just. You know, he, he knocked down Vieira in the round one, and then he was done after that. He took down Dumas, and then he was done after that. He even took down McCall in round one. It was done. I mean, I, I'm looking to invest in round two, round three, Malcoon here. But we've seen we've seen him collapse just right away in round one versus McCall, for instance. Took down McCall. It was holding him down for the first two minutes. The fight was going perfectly, and he still gassed out two minutes in uh, of that fight versus McCall. So... I mean, I got to invest in, I think, Brundage round two, round three here. They, or excuse me, Malcoon round two, round three. It's plus 500, plus 800. 
Uh, I just think that he can might be able to compete and have a moment early on here. And also, uh, Malcoon is just not really a finisher. You know, he's kind of a land prayer. He just goes to the single leg, takes guys down over and over again. That's how he's won pretty much all of his UFC fights. Um, so I'm just hoping that he can, you know, uh, stay away from that finish for a little bit and maybe uh, get it in the second or third round. Even though he's not a finisher, technically hasn't finished a, a fight in the UFC, I think that it will be there this time. Uh, Brunage will probably just be given up uh, a submission of some sort. Um, so I think it'll be around two, around three sub for Jacob Malcoon here getting his first UFC finish. And we're probably getting a generous price on some of these uh, props just because he hasn't gotten that finish yet. So looking at some Malcoon finish here, guys, I think there's value. And that's going to take us to the heavyweight division next for an amazing fight here. Jake Collier versus Muhammad Usman. Odds for this one have Usman minus 135. Collier plus 115. Well, it's 116, actually. And this is going to be a good one here. Um, I, I think it's I think it's technically my turn to start this one. So I will be riding Jake Collier once again here. Uh, we bet against him in the last fight, but I've bet on him multiple, multiple times in a row. And we'll be doing so again here uh, because uh, Muhammad Usman, I think that on the feet, it's going to favor Jake Collier. He's just much more active. He throws more strikes. He can push a higher pace on the feet. And Usman, his striking is just very, you know, one shot at a time. You know, he was getting jabbed up by... Pauga, and then he found that big kill shot and knocked him out in the second round. But I think his striking is just very, you know, low volume. So I think if the fight stays uh, standing, it's just going to be Collier throwing and landing more strikes. You know, obviously there's a slight chance that Usman lands a big shot and puts him out, but I just haven't been impressed by Usman striking. And I don't think Collier is very, you know, uh, uh, fragile either i think he can take a punch uh so on the feet i favor collier and then you gotta think that usman's gonna be looking to get the fight to the floor he did so last fight versus tafa tafa was landing a punch or two that was buzzing him on the feet then he would shoot a takedown but i think that not only does collier have a uh, better takedown defense than tafa i think he also has better get up so even if usman does take collier down i think collier will work his way back up to the feet and it will force usman to fight at a higher pace than he's ever fought at before um, like his two UFC fights, the Pauga fight was just a very pedestrian sparring striking fight. The Tafa fight, he would land one takedown and then just lay on top for, you know, rounds and rounds. Since then, the judges have been instructed to or the refs have been instructed to separate guys for uh, stalling more more often. We've been seeing that lately is the guys pushing against the cage or laying on top, not passing guard. The referees are standing them up more often. And I just don't think Usman has much of a top game. I don't think he's going to be looking to pass guard here. I think he is looking to lay and pray once he gets those takedowns. And I don't think that's going to work against Collier here. So I just I just got to go with Collier due to pace here. I think he's going to push a higher pace. I think he's going to uh, just bring a, a higher tempo out of Usman than Usman is comfortable with. And I think Collier will win a decision here. Uh, and I will be riding Jake Collier money line for one unit at plus 124 odds. And that will be the fifth and final underdog of the card for me. Passing it back to Ozzy to talk about this one. I know we're going to be excited to talk about this one. Amazing, amazing. The Let me tell you, the Jake Collier army is strong. You know, nothing... <laughs> Nothing uh, dissuades the Jay Collier army. These guys are loyal, man. If I ever, you know, <laughs> I, shout out to all the fans that I do have or that we have right now. But if I could trade, you know, I, I no, let me not say that. But 
I just hope one day to have a following like Jay Collier's, okay? Because these people, they, they're ready to go to the window. Um, you know, the thing with Jay Collier for me is I, I would honestly, you know, uh, go into Collier by knockout here if I liked him because I just feel that if for him, to, he can, he comes out hot now, I guess, now a heavyweight. Um, but in his last fight, he was hitting Boudet with a lot of shots and people love seeing that. They're like, yeah, that was awesome. You know, he was doing so well in that fight. You know, uh, he definitely won the first round and bad beat, bad beat. You know, he won the first round so easy and just bad beat that he lost the next two rounds. But, dude, he was obviously gassed and tired. That's why he was falling into into the clinch in that second round. Wasn't as effective as, as he, he, he was early on. And then in the third round, the same shit happened in the second round. It's just maybe not as uh, as wide of a margin as people uh, were feeling. But he was dog-tired, falling into the clinch, into a place where Boudet was clearly beating him up on. in uh, And potentially I could see the grappling being a problem here because... When he does get put down, man, this guy's a fish, man. This guy, he's, you know, when he, he starts, his gas tank starts depleting so hard um, if there is grappling. So he better come out hot again. Um, But I just think overall, if the fight is going to decision, I don't like Jay Collier's chances. And I feel that people are like snug with the, oh, Collier, he wins decisions at heavyweight. You know, the fat guy, he's the over, he's the guy that goes to the decision and he gets robbed. But I think... It's looking more like if he's fat as fuck, like he's been, that it's going to be he's getting tired in the third round because he maybe got taken down along the way. Uh, but I like just like him by knockout here. You get plus 400. You know, plus 120 is just, you know, relying on him not gassing out and losing the decision. And is relying on Muhammad Usman to withstand the game plan that you just described, which is him. Oh, all the volume and all this stuff like that. Usman... He's probably gonna get finished if that if that's the case. So I like taking a bigger shot on Jake Collier because man, this guy just you don't know with him, dude. You don't know what he's gonna do. So I, I'd rather pass on that close, you know, plus money line and just take him by knockout, dude. It's not a bad angle. Yeah, I I do think the the under is getting too much uh, value here. So I think that the over is the way to to play it. I just think you know the fight. All going these. To uh, so many his fights through the Carlos Felipe fight. He lost that fight because he started getting tired. He won the Jean Valente fight because Jean Valente got tired. He he lost the Kurt, Chris Barnett fight because he made. He's been looking tired. slim. Have you he seen picture? The, he, I saw a picture of him. He's we'll looking see. cut, lean. I hope, dude, I hope because they said that he was cutting to two sixty five. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah, that's <laughs> not not that? the best. As you once said, uh, fighting yeah. with forty percent body fat is just a strange decision as a professional it just athlete. Doesn't make sense. I mean, it just doesn't, dude. I mean, well, that's he weighed, the thing, dude. He weighed two sixty five in uh, a th- three fights in a row. So we see him coming in here under two sixty five. Actually, he's fought at two sixty five on every one of his heavyweight fights. Yeah, if he's like two sixty three, two sixty two, that would be good. I would like to. No, see I think I think he's going to come in like two fifty five. Honestly, we'll see, dude. I don't know. Either. I mean, the fact that he used to fight at one eighty five and has weighed in at the heavyweight limit of two sixty five seven times in a row is just yeah, insane. It's just insane. Um, but we're we're down to the last two fights here, uh, both women's fights. Um, so we have in the women's strawweight division, the return of Mitsuki Inoue taking on Hannah Goldie, about three years off for Inoue here. She's minus 305, Goldie plus 255. Your turn to start this one off. 
Yeah, I don't have too much to say on this one. You know, I know in a way has done a lot of training with uh, over here in like Long Island with the Sarah and, and Longo uh, a team over here. But it looks like she's ready. She took a lot of time off after, you know, uh, hurting her knee. I think that's good. She's still uh, young enough, um, talented. You know, she's out here at 115, which I like as well. So I think she's probably going to piece up Goldie, go for some takedowns, have her on the ground, you know, go for a submission at some point. But that the number is not, not high enough to, to take it here. Um, so we'll see. I'm just... Hopefully see her back. Hopefully she's active now, and uh, we got another Japanese, uh, you know, uh, good Japanese fighter to push. So we'll see. No, there will be no push for uh, for Inoue here. I know uh, she's only twenty nine, but she's been a pro for thirteen years. Mm-hmm. So she's been pro for what? Six. She didn't fight 16? for like four years. Yeah, three years off, but um, I mean, she was good back in the day in, in, in Invicta, and you know, getting to the UFC, I thought she looked pretty underwhelming. Only two fights, but even the Wu Yanan fight, I remember betting her in that fight, and just thinking that she just did enough to get by in that one, and Wu Yanan's a total bum. Uh, obviously, got uh, you know smoked by Limos, but now that we know about Limos, that, that's not a, a bad loss, but three-year layoff uh, just hasn't looked good in recent years. I mean, only she's only fought once a year for the past. Uh, I mean, she fought once in 2018, once in 2019, once in 2020. So, I mean, she's not very active even before the loss and the layoff. And then three-year layoff, uh, I just wouldn't want any part of, of any way here, minus 300. I mean, even even her props, man. I mean, just nothing I see that, that's interesting. So, it, it's, Han, it's Hannah Goldie or pass, but Goldie stinks, man. I mean... She's not good at anything. Uh, just, you know, if you're thinking about investing any money on this fight, I advise to instead invest it in Hannah Goldie's OnlyFans. And uh, that will be a better way to spend your money uh, in this fight. You will get a higher ROI for, for buying her OnlyFans than you will. Hannah Goldie's in fight. shape. We could say that. She's in shape. So she's know, stacked. If anyway is messing around, I mean, this is a thing. Hannah Goldie, she'll be she'll be around. She'll be there. So anyway, just come look to submit this girl right away. No messing around. Hannah Goldie is is thorough, as they would say. Uh, <laughs> enough about that one. Uh, in the women's bantamweight division, last fight on the card. Well, actually, it's the first fight on the card, but last fight we're talking about on the card. Monstrat Rendon taking on Tamaris Vidal. Odds for this one have Vidal minus 220, Rendon plus 185. Uh, I remember a little bit about Vidal, mostly the her getting out grappled versus uh, uh, Alan Perez in the regionals. Then uh, Perez illegally knees her in the head and, and gets herself disqualified. So I think Vidal, uh, if I were looking to fade her, I would be looking to fight uh, to back a grappler against her, a woman who can go for takedowns. And I just watched a few minutes of Rendon, and she's just like a low-volume kickboxer. And, you know, getting to the UFC late here, 34 years old. She has some wins in Combati and Invictus and decent promotions, but I'm not seeing anything I like from her. Just a, a, a low to me, medium-volume kickboxer. I don't think she provides... Uh, anything and I, I think Vidal will probably win. So no interest in any bets from this one. Uh, whatever guys, whatever time the fight card starts, it's supposed to start at four p.m. Oh, just tune don't in do at it. No, just no. Just tune in at five for Jake Collier, and you know, soak up the sun on that on a Saturday for an extra hour. So enjoy it. Okay. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking? Okay, maybe maybe yeah, maybe that's the the okay take. You know, if you're enjoying yourself outside, that's good. But like we said, I'm always betting the first fight of the night. 
from now on. So we got uh, Vidal. Yo, did you see that guy? Did you see that guy question you in the comments exactly. last week? He said, "Why?" He said, "Why are you betting the first fight of the night?" Ozzy said, uh, "Nuts and decision." What, what the decision. fuck happened? Easy money, easy money. So you know, we're just committing to the bit. We're keeping everyone. You know, if for Uncle Dana, Uncle Dana asked me, he's like, "There's a lot of fans out there, like my co-host here, who shit on the first fight, say don't watch." So he said, "Hey, could you continue to give the people?" Uh, a pick, you know, the early on, so they are interested in watching. I said, no problem, Uncle Dana. So we got Vidal inside the distance here, right? She's gonna finish this girl some way, shape, or form. At some point, they're gonna get busy. They're gonna hit the ground, maybe the throwing knees. Who, however, is gonna happen. I'm very confident Vidal is probably gonna win, but you really don't want to lay two to one here for this uh the, the, this uh, juice line. So I just think we start off. Picking up a, a, a good uh, inside the distance ticket, you know, uh, close to plus 200, and that'll be a good start. So we can roll it over and hopefully avoid Jay Collier because Jay Collier, everybody's saying that we got to bet Jay Collier. So um, trying to avoid that. And I think if I could convince myself to have enough plus money tickets early on <laughs> and hopefully they hit, I won't feel bad. Just look just looking over our uh our FMKs from last week, we hit it on the fucking nose. So you gave me Holland, Lacerda, and the the goes the distance in the Shevchenko fight. I married the goes the distance, easy winner. I fucked Lacerda, push, I killed Holland. That lost. Lacerda you, was looking great, honestly. You you absolutely fucking nailed this shit. You I gave you JDM GTD, Zell Huber GTD, Padilla GTD. You married JDM GTD absolutely sailed the distance you fucked padilla gtd that shit hit Oof. and you you killed zell Huber, which which ended up losing so yeah we were on we were on point last week we hope That's to good. keep it that way i have my lines for you all right give him the um, immersion you, you're all, you're always ready so let me get yep i was thinking of them just now they're all totals okay oh, the first one is going to be the jake collier muhammad usman over one and a, or excuse me, over two and a half rounds at mm. minus one fifteen. Mm. Okay. Huh. Next one, Tim Means Andre Fialo over one and a half rounds minus one thirty five. Oh, Last man. but not least, AJ Fletcher versus Brian Battle over two and a half rounds minus one oh five. One oh five for that. Wow. So I feel all of all of these could create like incredible sweats. I feel there could all all of them could have the potential to be that. Wow. All right. So I'm very interested in the AJ Fletcher fight. So I think that's I, I like that one the most. But I obviously the GTD price I'm gonna just say is a lot bigger. So I think I would bet this. It was GTD. Okay. But I'm right away. I'm gonna tell you I'm fucking that one. All right. So I'm going to fuck that one. That one's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a, a good one to have. Now, I'm going to marry... I'm going to marry the Collier over. Just because heavyweight overs, let's just always go with them, I guess. Right? I'm, 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 I'm leaning into the crowd on that one. This is like an arranged marriage. You know, when your mm. friends and your family, they're like, hey... It's going to be this, whatever. They're saying Jay Collier, so I'm guessing Jay Collier is going to win by decision. All right, so whatever. Um, and then uh, and then I'm going to kill the last one, the Fialo, uh, over. The Fialo over. Yeah, so now I'm going to flip it on to you. I'm going to give you only money lines, okay? So uh, we're going to have Ricardo Ramos plus uh, 120, okay? I'm going to give you Mateos Gamrot 
plus 130. And then lastly, uh, I guess I got to give you Jay Collier. Yep. Lean into the bit. So Jay Collier plus 125, 120. So FMK, those three marshes. Mm, good ones. All the same price. Yep. All the same price. These are good. This is good. Um, okay. I've got it. Um, I will be marrying the gamer. Mary Matouche, minus Matouche one or er, plus one thirty. Mm-hmm. I think that the five round fight favors him and he will get the job done late. I will be fucking RR Ricardo Hamos, the Brazilian. Uh he's gonna take backs. We're gonna fuck our way to the back there. Okay. Last one. Kill. I have to kill Jake Collier, unfortunately. Ooh. At one point in time I wanted to kill Jake Collier. Just like you said, the the loyal <laughs> army. I, I remember losing I think some of the most I've ever lost on a single fight. In that, almost in that sprung a coup. You, you almost sprung a coup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, luckily, I was able to get over that. Uh, and uh, like a, one no, of like, the guys, like a Ukrainian, like spring a coup, like a Ukrainian. Wow. Exactly. I was him. able to over overcome my hatred for Collier. I, I'm back to on his train, but unfortunately, I will have to kill him there. So, Mary Mateusz, fuck Ricardo, killed Jake Collier. And that's going to do it, folks. And guess what, guys? We are off next week. The first time oh. in probably like 14 weeks. There is no UFC next week. Uh, on September 30th, we're off. We're back. We're back October 7th. We're coming in hot for Ozzy's boy, Ozzy's protege, Grant oh, Dawson's Lord. main event debut. So uh, excited stuff for that, that dreams one. Are made of. Yeah, stuff that dreams are made of. That will be good. But uh, Ozzy... Uh, enjoy the week off. I'm sure you'll be uh, have an action-packed schedule next weekend. Uh, everybody else, enjoy the week off as well. Make sure you touch grass uh, and maybe get the the Halloween activity started uh, because we'll be in almost October next weekend. So uh, thank you all for listening, everyone. Hope you all enjoy the fights, win some bets. Hopefully the underdogs come through this weekend, and we will see you all in two weeks before Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green main event. Peace out, everyone.